This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome back to Rams Talk Podcast. We're here today after a very weird win uh, against Cheltenham Town at home. I wouldn't say it was convincing. In fact, I'd say that a lot of it was probably some of the worst football we've played all season. But we got the three points. That's what matters. And today, to talk all the way through it and a little bit about Reading too. Uh, first off, we've got Mr. Goalhanger, Adam Titley. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. Needed that three points. And uh, yeah, glad we got them in the end, although it was uh, more difficult than we expected. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, we've also got Callum Bucock. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm all good. Um, I'm, I'm slightly glad I had plans, which meant that I couldn't get to the game yesterday because uh, that first half... I'm sorry, boys, that you had to sit through that. <laughs> I know, but you had to sit through it afterwards. So, uh, so what's I did, yeah. I um, did. We've also, also got Vic Singh. How are you, Vic? Yeah, good evening, guys. Not too bad. Got the three points. Uh, wasn't the best game, but at least I went to watch the women today and they played miles better. So, uh, mm. yeah, not too bad. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, big win for them in the uh, in the cup today. Um, so we're going to start off by talking about positive things, right? Because we can't just start and go, God, how bad was that first forty five? Because that'd be some episode of of misery. But we do have to talk about the two goals because there were two goals of brilliant, brilliant quality. I mean, firstly, Max Bird's free kick. It still counts as a free kick, doesn't it? Even though he rolled it to Mendes Lang, I'm sure Jamie will be claiming it's open play, but we know what he's like. Um, you know, Max Bird, we've seen him score those sorts of goals before. We need him to score more goals of that ilk. He took it really well, didn't he, Adam? And and he showed what he's about. Yeah, I think Max Bird's been trying it a couple of times this season. Maybe not in a free kick position, but from distance. And it's just not it's just not really come off for him too many times. Um, but thankfully, yesterday it did. And at what a moment. It was something out of nothing, really, wasn't it? I mean, we were playing it around the edge of the box. We just couldn't really get a shot off. And then... Finally, we get the free kick and, and Max Bird superbly put it in the back of the net. So, a top free kick, nice little interplay with Mendes Langford as well. I'm sure it's something they've worked on. Um, it's always good when a training ground routine comes off, isn't it? It is. It is good. I mean, you have to say thank you to Curtis Davis for moving out of the way as well. Um, that was very, very generous of him to let Bird put that one in. I mean, Callum, you know, people have talked about players that need to provide more goals. Max Bird's one of them. He certainly provided it with a moment of real quality. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, you had to just a quick natter before we went live. I mean, the wall parted like the Red Sea. It was like um, it, the, you saw the goalkeeper's reaction. Um, he was not happy with the, the the wall and the way it set up. They all just sprinted at the ball, um, which obviously is a wall you're not meant to do. Um, and uh, but he put it on target, put well in the corner away from the keeper, and it was a moment that really was needed to get the the pride park faithful behind uh, the team um to obviously will them on to go and get the uh, the winner and, and i think that at the moment we we are overly reliant on uh on obviously individual brilliance from certain players and max Bird yesterday was uh, one of those yeah absolutely and and last thing on bird's goal vic um as we've said already we we really needed a moment of quality and a player to step up and I think there's been criticism of bird this season that at times he hasn't stepped up when we've needed him most, but he did there and he got us back into the game and I mean if he hadn't have scored that, there was no chance we were ever going to win that game, were we? No, I agree. I think the game sort was sort of peering out before our eyes really um like I said, it was an individual moment of brilliance. Thank you, Max Bird, for providing that. Um, but then his game grew from there as well. He just grew into the game. He's playing from strength to strength. And then there was, it looked like there was only one winner, even though the game was so poor. It only looked like there was going to be one winner after we got that uh, equaliser. So, yeah, it was a good. We got it at the right time. And I guess promotion teams have to score goals at the right time to pick up the points. Yeah, we absolutely do. We absolutely do. And talking about scoring at the right time, uh, Collins is winner. I mean, what a goal. What a goal all round. Kane Wilson, great ball down the line. Mendes Lang stands up the cross, picks out Collins brilliantly, who scores a, I wouldn't, it's not quite an overhead kick, is it? But it was an acrobatic finish all the same. And, and he put it right in the bottom corner. And Adam, you know, Collins, we've, we've been critical of him in the past. He's been so much better this season. He scored one very similar against MK Dons last season, if I remember rightly, and, and put it in the top corner after Bradley Johnson headed it back across goal. And he took it so well, and, and it was a goal deserving to win any match. Yeah, I think it was the best moment of quality. I know he talks about Max Bird's goal, but that for me yesterday was the uh, the moment of quality which decided the game. And I think probably Cheltenham will feel a bit hard done by, but that's the quality we have in this side when it when it can really come off and and then it will probably lead on to question further on the episode but why are we showing that throughout the match but yeah superb goal by James Collins an acrobatic finish and one that I don't think James Collins may have done so much last season I think we're, we're seeing almost James Collins in a different form we're seeing him why he scored so many goals at this level before he came to Derby County where all his goals have come from and I think that comes with confidence knowing that yeah I think he knows he's got his place pretty much nailed down now you know, John Jules. Is no injured. one else there. Yeah, <laughs> well, that was my point. John John Jules is injured now, so he, he's got a bit of confidence in him that he knows that he can. You know, he doesn't have to run around all game and, and, and attempt to get a half chance when that chance comes to him. He can he can put it in the back of the net, and he scored double figures now this season. He's he's heading for that twenty goals as I predicted last season. So maybe <laughs> hopefully this season it will come true. But yeah, I think it was a it was a a unique James Collins finish, something that we've not seen too often from him. Um, and I think it's starting to show that his, his confidence is growing in this side. Absolutely. And, and that's what we need from Collins, isn't it, Callum? I mean, if you look at the last couple of games, he had a glorious chance um, against Red and he had a, a really good chance against Lincoln. He didn't take either of them. And he's come into this game and he, he's won the game for us. If he can carry on doing things like that, then I'm sure he'll have no doubts at all. 
Yeah, he's he's massively a confidence player, you can tell. And well, most strikers will be when they're banging in goals. Um, that they, they they will obviously get those opportunities and put them away in, in, in great fashion because they obviously are in that rich vein of form which he is in. Um, and we massively needed that last season. It didn't happen. And this season, um, we need a striker. At the moment, we've only got the one. So while we've only got the one, we need that one to be uh, firing on all cylinders, um, which he is. So, no, it was great to see. Um, it's good to see that he is really bringing a difference to the team because massively we can't we carried him probably I think in opinion last season and we had to rely on McGoldrick to obviously bring the goals uh in on the attacking third and I think that Collins has the track record in this league when he's firing on all cylinders and this season we're really getting the best of that and Vic, uh, Collins had the fewest touches of any outfield player to play more than 45 minutes. But still, he came up with the moment which won Derby the game. I know, I know how you think, Vic. I, I've worked you out by now. I know it's all about winning. It's not about performance. That's what you want to see, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. And like Collins is a striker that's banging form, playing with a lot of confidence. Uh, I think with last season, obviously, with David McGoldrick being in the form that he was in, sort of overshadowed and took all the line off Collins, which is why we noticed he was so bad. This year, he's really stepped up to the plate and fair play to him because everybody had written him off before the season. It was a proper striker's finish. We knew he had it in him. Um, I think we've got to put a bit of respect on his name now because, he's he's he like you said, he had the fewest touches in the game and still managed to come out with the winner. Um, that's all we've wanted him to do. Paul Warren was alluded to him being just in and around that six-yard box. He was there yesterday. He got that goal. Uh, he's on 18 for the season, so he's doing really well. Um, he's carrying the team. I just feel that if he burns out, I'm a bit worried because obviously with, with only having one striker playing Saturday, Tuesday, it's a bit tough for him. But long, in, long may his good form continue and uh, we'll see how it goes from here. <laughs> Keep that James yeah. Collins hot train going. <laughs> <laughs> you know it upsets me, Vic, when people say he scored 18 goals. He's not. He scored 13. He scored 13 no, goals. We don't include peaks I count every goals. single yeah. goal. Count all the goals. <laughs> count what we can. <laughs> but it's funny, when we lost to Bradford, we didn't count that, did we? Anyway, no, don't count. Let's, no, 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 no. <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. He's having a very good season. Very, very good season. Right. We've had nine minutes of positivity now. Now we've got to really be honest and really reflect on Possibly the worst first half I can remember in about six days supporting Derby because, my God, it was awful. I mean, I'm just looking at the notes I've got here. We lined up. We had three wingers playing. We had Tom and playing a weird centre-mid wide player role. They were all tripping over each other for the majority of the first half. Uh, poor Corey Blackett-Taylor didn't know what he'd come into. He didn't seem to have a clue what he was meant to be doing um, for the whole of the first half. We decided not to pass the ball. We decided to have no midfield, both midfielders moving really, really wide. So we just had a gaping hole in the centre of the pitch. And all we did was try and chip it over the top to wingers. I mean, Adam, from my perspective, I don't understand the game plan. I didn't get it. Um, it made no sense to me. I mean, I will talk about the changes later on, which made a huge difference. But it just seemed like I've never seen us get it so wrong. I can think of a few times this season that I've had that feeling at half time, <laughs> to be honest. Um, and that probably speaks volumes of our season, even though we're in a really good position at the moment. I think 
at half time, it didn't really surprise me. Um, the current form that had been, I thought, I thought we were okay at Lincoln. I thought we both cancelled each other out and both could have been in better form. I thought I didn't get to watch the Reading game and have been able to see the highlights, but from what I heard, it was You're similar lucky. to, yeah, from what I've heard, that's what the consensus was. And it was similar to that of Shrewsbury away earlier on in the season. Then coming in against Cheltenham, that first 45 minutes, they they played the better football then, was in my opinion. They had that, they had that extra bit of determination to win the ball, which really, I, it's really annoying to watch when, you know, I think the 50-50s are coming in and we're pulling out or Cheltenham are getting to the ball first. It's those second balls and it just requires that little bit of extra fight and desire. And when the team isn't putting that in, it doesn't matter what the tactics are. We're not we're not going to be in any good position by half-time. And we were 0-0, I think Vickers had kept us in it with a, a, a save in that first half. And just tactically, I'm not sure what it was, but just from the players-wise, just put the foot in sooner, win the ball a bit quicker. It needs to be done. And we've seen it far too many times this season. We've been beaten to those early balls and by teams lower down in the division who are fighting fighting for their lives. And, and it's disappointing to watch. So tactically, yes, it wasn't great. But I think some onus lies with the players that in the middle of the park, win the 50-50s, get a foot on the ball. And and at half-time, you can probably look on it and say, no, no, it was a bit better of a, a scoreline to reflect upon. But I think we were a bit fortunate to be going in at no, no, to be honest. Yeah, I completely agree. And and we've got a comment on Twitter from someone called S. Gill and, and said the style's dry, but it gets results and that's what matters. But that first off style, I mean, we played that against Reading and we played that against Lincoln and we did not get results. Um, it was only when we changed things that we actually started to look like a team that could get results. I think uh, whilst I understand, you know, we don't we're not trying to be Man City, are we? And I, I'm completely on board with that. That's absolutely fine. We're not going to play beautiful passing football, but at the same time, we have to be effective. And if we're not effective, we're just poor. <laughs> and that's the problem with that first half. We weren't effective. We couldn't keep the ball. Teams seem to have worked us out a little bit. They nullify the wide players. They make sure the midfielders are as spaced out as physically possible. And then they just counter down the centre. And it seems to work every time. I mean, Reading tore us to pieces doing that. Cheltenham in the first half were all over us doing the same thing. And it just it just hasn't worked at all recently. And I'm I'm a little bit concerned that it's taken this long for us to actually make those sort of changes. I mean, even last week or in midweek, we, we put Liam Thompson in, pushed him really far forward. So he's basically playing as an auxiliary striker. And we ended up with the same problem again. So yeah, it was just a really, really confusing one for me and, and really concerning at the same time that it took so long for us to change it. But I mean, Cal, looking at looking at that first half, the the big problem that everyone's seen is the midfield. Now, Max Bird and Conor Hurahan, two brilliant technicians. I mean, I made the argument last week that, you know, Hurahan's got match-winning moments. I mean, we've had two games since then and I've thought Hurahan's probably been arguably our poorest performer. Um, I don't know whether that's because of the system. I don't know whether he just needs a rest. He's, you know, an experienced player who's been around for a long time and he's played Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for the whole Christmas period. Does he need a bit of time out? But they were torn to pieces. Max Bird looked a shadow of the player he was. Hurahan, I mean, for their goal, the tackle that he put in was borderline embarrassing. And I don't want to sort of pile on him because I don't think he deserves it with some of the performances put in. But at the same time, you've got to really question, is it him? Is it the tactics? What is it? 
I think it's a combination of both. Um, I think we've kind of sussed out um, the problem in the midfield yesterday until we brought on a bit of legs to give Bird a bit of a chance is that they just packed out the midfield and just absolutely ran us ragged. Um, and Horham was just sh- chasing shadows. Um, the amount of times their third midfielder would get the ball and Horham's either wide on the left, Bird's wide on the right, and there's a massive gaping hole down the middle. And they, I think Warren said it after the uh, Reading game he was telling both the center mids to just go stay centrally um so yeah so it, it is concerning that you've got a season veteran like horahan that is becoming a weakness um in this division but i think that like you said he can come up with match day moments he he won obviously the game against burton with a moment of brilliance and stuff so he has got it but is that a, a detriment to the style of play that we're playing, I don't know. Um, because as soon as we changed the midfield, brought on fresher legs, gave Bird a chance uh, to uh, dictate that uh, midfield, it completely changed the game. Um, and I don't want to make him a scapegoat, but I generally think that um, I think a timer outside for the skipper might actually do some good. Yeah, I think I agree. And it's a bizarre comparison, I know, but the comparison when you were speaking then, Callum, that jumped into my head is Spurs with Harry Kane. Now, obviously, very different mm. positions, very different players, but Kane was their main man and everything went through him. He'd drop into the middle and he'd pick up the ball and he'd spray it either side. And whilst he was very good at it and he scored loads and loads of goals, got loads and loads of assists, since he's gone, Tottenham have been able to change their style of play. They now play really quick counter-attacking football and they look a million times better as a team than they did before, even though they've lost their best player. And that's the way I sort of view Hurrahan at the minute is that, yes, he may come up with match-winning moments, but like you say, it's to the detriment of the team sometimes because we made those changes. We brought on Fauna and Thompson. All of a sudden, everything was running through Bird and Bird moves the ball a lot quicker and Bird can carry the ball a lot better. And we were moving it quickly. Fauna and Thompson were putting their midfielders under pressure. And I mean, I've got the weird momentum chart thing, which means pretty much absolutely nothing. But you can see that when the subs were made, we were on top for the entire game, for the rest of the game, pretty much. Because we just dominated their midfield, we kept the ball and we outfought them and outrun them. And I think sometimes Conor Horahan just doesn't have those attributes that you need to do that and Vic I know I've gone for ages there so sorry about that but what what are your thoughts on that? Um, I agree to be honest I think Horahan sort of held the team back Um, he's not the Horahan of old Uh, the legs are clearly not there and obviously it's it's taking its toll in playing Saturday Tuesday week in week out we know he's the skipper we know he's the captain but throughout the team, if you look at the squad, there are more than just one captain on that team. So if it means for the better of the betterment of the team, if we have to take Orhan out, by all means, let's do it. Um, it seemed to work then, but it's not the first time I think Warner's actually taken Orhan out on uh, either half time or just after half time, and the team has looked miles better. Um, again, we know he's there as a match winner. Let's keep him as a match winner. If it means coming off the bench to get us a winner in the 80th, 90th minute, you know, what I mean, let's let's throw him on, but. If it's for the betterment of the team and betterment of the style, I'd, I'd happily take him out and let the young lads run that midfield. Because I think we were a bit shell-shocked yesterday with how well Cheltenham were pressing us. Um, and obviously, Horahan's going to struggle playing that week in, week out. So, if we have to drop him, let's do it. If it's for the betterment of the team and to get promotion, if we've got to do it, let's just do it. Yeah, that's it. And Adam, I mean, we've talked so much on this podcast about midfield balance, haven't we? That's been one of the main problems for the last two years at Derby. And 
when you look at Derby's team, when they've got Bird and Hurahan, they're both players who want to pick up the ball deep, run through the middle, find passes, link it up, play the game through them. But there's no player there that will graft for you. There's no player there that will fight for second balls. There's you know no player there that's going to run up and press high. But neither of them, that's not their game. And when you bring on Fauna, when you bring on Thompson and, and players like that, all of a sudden you've got players that are willing to run, willing to give everything. I mean, Fauna, when he chased that ball into the corner um, and the keeper had to shield it out for a goal kick, yes, it might look like pointless running, but he's run all the way there and he's forced the keeper to make a decision. Otherwise, he could have just taken it back into his box, picked it up and it is on the break. And instead, Fauna's forced him to get a goal kick. Hurrahan would not have done that. Bird would not have done that. It's a different kind of player and the sort of player that you need in games where you're playing against teams that are working really hard. I mean, like I say, we've talked about midfield balance. What is the most balanced midfield to you? I think I think we've discussed this throughout the time that Conor Horan has joined Derby County, and that's not his fault. That's just the style of player that he is. I think I know last season we spoke about a lot in terms of you can't have Max Bird and Conor Horan in the same midfield because they're too similar of a player and and the role that they have. But I think it's difficult. I think once again, it goes back to, you can't have, you can have one, but you can't have the other. Um, I just don't think it works. And it, like I go back to my point, there's not enough, there's not enough battle in that middle three or middle two, whatever we're playing. No one's really going in for the 50 fifties. No one's putting a, a strong challenge in when the moments that matter, which can catch you out on the break. And I think, Yes, Conor Horahan has popped up with some moments of brilliance. Do I think they've been off and off? Absolutely not. Um, I think he's popped up with maybe two or three a season. It's, in my opinion, it's not, it's not spectacular form at all. Um, I think there's been questions asked. I think Max Bird, you know, we've seen how brilliant he can be. Obviously, he got his goal yesterday, uh, but he's definitely in a in a run of, of performances that aren't, you know, up to up to his standard for sure. Um, so it's difficult. I think. Maybe it is time for Fauna and Thompson to come in. Obviously, Thompson came in against Reading. Um, if they're both fit, then then they should be going into the side because at the moment, it's obvious that that balance isn't there. But then you've got to ask, well, why haven't we brought someone in this January? You know, the window's closing now and it's been obvious for a year and a half that it's been a challenge to balance that midfield. Um, and when we have managed to balance it, we've put in some superb performances, but when we haven't, we've really struggled. So you don't have to question why this January someone hasn't been brought in. I know it's not as simple as that. There's uh, me sitting here and going, why haven't we brought someone in? Um, but they're the questions that have to be asked. And, you know, it's the things that we think about after the match when, when yeah, when these questions need answers. That's it. And Callum, I mean, one of the things that Adam's brought up there is is to do with how have we not, changed anything in a year and a half you know how long have we had these conversations for saying it doesn't work it doesn't work it doesn't work what is it that's stopping Warren from doing it because we've seen in games like he says you know Oxford Thompson came on and I know we we're dominating already but we just completely dominated that midfield I think Oxford got a touch for the rest of the game and we we didn't do that weeks afterwards and it just makes you question what is it about derby that is is stopping us from getting a midfield that actually works i think that um a, a portion of it could be that warren is obviously quite uh, known for relying on um season veterans or people who've done there and been there got the got the t-shirt um and is obviously having to rely on energy from much much younger p- 
players than he's probably used to uh, than he, what he did at uh, Rotherham. Um, and obviously, we can only look at um, Warren's time rather than going too far back. Um, but I think that uh, the midfield has always been something that we've been obviously crying out for um, to, to get sorted. Um, you've got players of quality on the ball, but obviously that's not the way that Paul Warren wants to play. He wants the play to go down the wing. He doesn't want to go through the middle as he keeps stressing after every single week. Um, so you just need energy in there. So it won't work if you keep playing Conor Horahan and Max Bird as a two. It just won't happen. And I think that he's slowly seen it after he's bought the skipper off twice now in two games or maybe three to then bring on that energy. So I think he's slowly getting the picture. I just don't think he has the resources behind the scenes from what he's saying. He's not he's not overly confident going into the last few days of the window to actually make any difference, um, which is obviously frustrating. Um, so we might have to rely on what we've got in the in the building. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Yeah, I mean, we're going to touch on this a little bit later on, but now you've mentioned it, Cal, we might as well do it now. We've, I mean, our transfer business, it's been confusing because you look at other teams. I mean, Burton's the easiest one to make, the easiest comparison because they've got the least money pretty much in the league. Um, they barely ever spend money on anyone and they get loads and loads of free loans. Every single year they do it, they'll bring in six or seven loan players in January and it will lift the team and turn it around. And They've done it again. They've brought in a, a couple of, of good players and it's changed their season instantly. Why can't Derby bring in young players like that? What is it about us that stops us from bringing in those players? Is it Warren? Does he not want young players to come into the team from like top division academies? Vic? He's asking me now. I thought he was asking Callum, sorry. <laughs> um, God does. Um, well, I think I think with Vaughan, I think he, like like Callum said already, it's just, it's a case of he wants to bring the players that have been there, done that sort of thing. Um, the, again, going back to the midfield, I think the problem that we do have is we've got too many ball-playing midfielders, nobody that can t- sort of take the game by the scruff of the neck. I can p- maybe make a suggestion as to promote someone from within. Uh, maybe Darren Robinson could do that role for me. I think he's he could be like a young natter in that midfield that we sort of need just to put that physical challenge in, just clean up and just let the rest of the midfielders do the work for him. Uh, but like you said, it could be down to the recruitment team. Again, it's just all very new to us as a club. We've never really had a head of recruitment before. It's normally sort of been Joe McLaren or someone like that that's sort of brought people in or... Uh, so maybe it's maybe it's just trying to get used to the structure. Maybe it's Paul Warren's pulling power. Maybe he can't get the players he wants in. 
Um, or maybe oh no, like, we're not having this again, Vic. <laughs> or maybe maybe it's just a case of maybe it's just a case of in January. It's always a notoriously difficult window um, to try and get the players that you need in. So it could be a mixture of many different things. But like I said, if we've got the options to promote from within, why not look at players like Darren Robinson, uh, who can probably do that role that we so desperately need. Well, that's another question about a, a worn quote from the past that I've, I've just remembered when you've said that. Uh, he said he didn't want to bring players in on loan from teams in high divisions because he didn't want to develop other teams' players. But then he won't play his own young players, which yeah. confused me. I'm, I'm not even going to question it. But um, Adam, I mean, we, we've talked about it the whole transfer window. We clearly need another striker. John Jules tore his hamstring. Feel sorry for him. Uh, again, you've got to question the recruitment team for signing a player that's been injured four seasons on the bounce, but that's how it is. Um, we, we clearly need a striker. Wagon and Washington aren't back for around a month, which, again, is ridiculous considering they've barely played all season. Um, again, young players. Why why don't we sign young players from the likes of Man United, like Burton have done, from the likes of Man United, from Chelsea? Chelsea have got about a million players in their youth team. There's got to be at least one that improved this derby team, surely. Oh yeah, I think we've done it in the past numerous times. We've looked at top players from top academies that uh, have done well for us. I mean, the most obvious and easy ones we can say is that Lampard season, can't we? Um, in Tamori, Mount and Wilson. But then you look in even further back, players like who came in in January, Patrick Bamford, who came in from Chelsea after having a good loan spell at MK Dons. George Thorne. In League One. George Thorne. Players who come in and... With, with a little bit of previous experience. And I think that is the key, is that those players have an experience. And I think last season, even then, it confused me. You know, I was I was a big fan of, of Asula. I thought whenever he started a game, he looked dangerous and he proved on occasions that he can score a goal or two in a match. Uh, Atkinson Stanley, for me, is the one that I remember quite fondly. But, you know, he started to get phased out of the team and in the end went back and now he's starting Premiership games Sheffield United. Um, Lewis Dobbin, a player that I thought didn't really have an end product and sometimes struggled, showed some moments of brilliance and, you know, he's, he's now getting game time in the Premiership. And these are players that, although at the time we, we may have criticised from time to time, they did show moments of brilliance, but they didn't get enough game time um, whatsoever. Um, so I think maybe last season has put us off a little. Um, I'm not really too sure on that. But yeah, recruitment-wise, you got to think we should have brought in a couple more loan players and, and players who aren't injury-prone. I mean, Embleton came in. Um, I'm not sure how much game time he got for us before he was One injured. One ones game. <laughs> yeah, before he was injured. Um, John Jules, a player with a well-known injury record, and unfortunately for him, he's injured again. What is it? Is it his second or third time now? For us, he's injured. Um, we just seem to have signed players with a known injury record, hoping that they won't get injured, and unfortunately, it doesn't work more often than not, and it's it's not for us. And yeah, we, we should have brought in some younger loan players from from top academies because they're the players who perform in this division. I know um, Ollie Arblaster on loan at Port Vale has done superbly. I know for about two days we were linked with him, but that was never going to happen. Um, but that but that's what makes this division players coming in from top sides in the Premiership or in the Championship and um, having their breakthrough seasons. We saw it last season with a couple of players and players that we highlighted in the sum we'd like to see come on loan to us. But by the time they've had the breakthrough season, it's too late to get them back in this division, unfortunately. Um, and this season, we haven't capitalised on it at all. And, you know, you can say it's come back to bite us a little bit. But, um, yeah, the recruitment this January for me has been 
has been unsurprising. I didn't think we'd bring too many players in, but um, yeah, I think we've decided not to take any risks um, and we're playing it safe, which you do have to risk it from time to time to uh, to make some advances, really, in my opinion. That's it. And in a way, that makes me think we have not a penny to our name. You know what I mean? Because surely we'd be gambling. There'll be players in these academies that won't be on a lot of money that surely we can afford. I mean, if we spent all of it on Blackett Taylor, which if we play the back three, he doesn't even have a position in that team. You know, have, have we have we spent all that money on one player? It seems a little bit strange. And we knew in the summer it, it came out that we needed to have an outgoing to fund an incoming, you know, cash in going would have funded us signing someone else, as would Birds. And we've decided to keep both of them. Um, whether it's against their will or not, we will never know. Um, but we've we've decided to keep both of them until the end of the season. And, and now we're in a position where we can't sign anyone else. I mean, Michael Smith's the name that came out last week. It looked pretty close to being done. And then it's come out that, you know, he's... Chef Wednesday wants too much money. We can't afford it. There was another player, Callum Lang, that we were after. Um, and he's gone and signed for someone else. I can't remember who he signed for. Is, who has he signed for? Who has he signed for? I don't uh, know. I have to have a look. He's gone somewhere. He's gone somewhere. But he, he's gone elsewhere. And he was another one that we were after. So we've missed out on pretty much all our targets. Um, and any more, we, we've clearly not had much success with. So, yeah, it does make you wonder. Um, there's got to be some ex-Rotherham Academy players out there somewhere that I'm sure we could bring in. But... You never know. Um, but yeah, it's just that. Do you think, um, just a very quick one, Jake, do you think Warren is too picky? Because I think he's just really, he's like, like I said, he's just focusing on certain positions, certain players, certain teams, certain, I don't know. He just seems really, like I said, we're targeting maybe three, two, three, mm. two or three players on his list, as in what it appears like. And then obviously those two or three players obviously don't come off like everything. It doesn't come off. And it just seems like his list, his black book, it's like so, so small that, all right, then that's not, that, that's it for us. Um, and, and and then we're moving on. I'm not used to being asked questions on this podcast, Callum. So this is a quite strange moment yeah, yeah. for me. Um, <laughs> but no, I, th- I think in a way he's got players that he, he wants. Ah, Portsmouth. That's where Callum Lang's gone. Thank you, Damo. Um but yeah, I think he's got players that he clearly wants. He's got players that he knows will fit the system he's trying to play. And when he can't get those exact players, he seems stumped as to where to go. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think you're probably right there. But we'll see. We'll see. There's still a few days left and hopefully we're here next week and, and celebrating our eight new signings and, and winning about 20-0 against Charlton. So that'll be the one. Um, right, Vic, let's let's get back to the game. And one of the people I wanted to bring up was Josh Vickers. Now, there was a lot of chat about him and Joe Wildsmith. Um, it was a bit of a weird one when Wildsmith got dropped. We knew he hadn't been in good form, but Vickers has come in and has looked shaky himself. Made a couple of good saves yesterday. Um, probably kept us in the game in the first half with a good one. And then in the dying seconds, the ball comes over and he misses it completely. And he's so lucky that um, the, uh, the attacker decided to crash headfirst into the post because... Otherwise, they'd have scored and it would have been 2-2. And I'm sure the boos would have been louder than anything we've mm. ever heard. Um, so, yeah, Vic, what have you made to Josh Vickers? And, and should he keep his place ahead of Wildsmith? I think he's had a shaky start. Um, I do like Josh Vickers, but then I some of his performances haven't really given me much confidence to think that he can maybe nail that shirt down. I think maybe Wildsmith needed the break, though, at the same time. I think that healthy competition would probably do him some good. Might give him a kick up the backside that he might have needed to maybe improve his game. 
Me personally, I think we'll see, probably see Wildsmith come back into the side in the next three games. I know Josh Vickers is a, a Paul Warren signing and it's his... Played for Rotherham, Vic. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of them, like, if if he keeps making clangers, then you're going to have to change it up, aren't you? Because we we're in that business end of the season where we can't afford to keep making mistakes, throwing goals away and throwing points away. So, I give him about three games. If he's still looking shaky, I'd be more than happy to chuck Wildsmith back in because um, we're going to soon hit that Tuesday, Saturday again. Um, he has looked shaky. He's pulled off a few good saves, but I still think there's room for improvement with Vickers. Yeah, I, th- I think that's that's the same. I mean, we've got a comment here saying, you know, he hasn't played in a while before joining. Uh, maybe he's still finding his feet. And I, I agree to an extent, maybe he is. But when you're pushing for promotion, can you afford to give players especially one where if they make a mistake it's 99 percent of the time a goal is it is it worth is taking that risk to play when uh, the goalkeeper we already had is uh, pretty good and one of the worries for me adam is that he, he's not great with his feet is he we knew that already he was he was never going to be as good as joe wildsmith with his feet i don't think there's any goalkeepers in league one that are but there seems to be a little bit more nervousness in our defense now that i don't think there was before and i'm not going to compare him to Roos because i don't think that's fair because he's miles better than Roos. but at the same time, that similar nervousness when balls are going into the box. When Wildsmith was there, I was never worried. Ball came into the box, I knew we'd probably deal with it. I'd say I wasn't even going to say nine times out of ten, probably nine point nine times out of ten. But now I'm a little bit worried when balls are coming into the box. And psychologically, could that be affecting the players and the fans? I think so. I think it's difficult for a goalkeeper to come in uh, mid-season anyway and, and be thrown straight into it. And and have to be kind of on top form. I, I, I'm a bit confused with with it because clearly um, Josh Vickers has, has struggled with to hit the ground running, but then Paul Warren dropped Joe Wildsmith because he was in poor form. So surely it's got to work both ways, um, in my opinion. You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Joe Wildsmith. I think he was harshly dropped. Um, oh, earphones falling out. Uh, I think he was harshly dropped. Um, but yeah, I think Vickers is a good enough goalkeeper to play in League One. But in my opinion, I think I said this last week, um, Joe Wildsmith's a better keeper than him. And that comes with the commanding of his area as well. I think, you know, that back four were confident with, with Joe Wildsmith behind him because they're familiar with him and how he's going to play. You know, he will catch it or he will punch it out quite far. I think with Vickers it is, he will punch it 10 times out of 10 when that ball isn't crossing into the box, which that's his style and how he wants to deal with it. But um as I've said earlier on this episode, Derby weren't reaching those second balls. And when a goalkeeper is punching it out, more often than not, it's going to be fired straight back at us. Um, and mm. I think that is maybe where we're seeing a couple of areas and we're seeing that maybe teams are putting on a little bit more pressure than us because they know that they can leave a man on the edge of the box. And, and more often than not, then if they cross the ball and it's going to be punched to the edge of the box and uh, they can have another go at goal. And I think that's maybe where the shakiness comes from the defenders, knowing that you know they've kind of got to defend throughout the full 90 when the ball's crossed into the box rather than knowing that the goalkeeper's going to catch it and they can reset. But um, it's unfortunately, that's a that's Joe Vickers style of play. Josh Vickers, sorry, Joe Vickers. Completely lost what goalkeeper that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Joe Vickers, a combination of the two. But, you know, Paul Warren's put his faith in Vickers and you know I'm pretty confident that he's going to find his, his feet pretty soon. I think his performances have got better every week. Yeah. Um, you know, against Burton Albion, I think he was a little bit shaky. But then Lincoln away, I thought he was pretty solid. Um, and then yesterday, I thought he made some top saves to keep us in the game, especially towards the end of the game when when the Cheltenham play seemed to turn into to prime Messi and try and bicycle kick it into the top corner. And uh, it was a top save and he, he made a great save in the first half. So I think shot stopping wise, they're probably pretty equal. Joe Wildsmith and Josh Vickers, I just think 
you know, it's them little little details when when the ball's crossed in or, or commanding the areas that I think are, are coming under more scrutiny at the moment. Yeah, and Callum, one of the things we need to talk about, and I made sure I didn't ask Adam this because I know he'd be foaming <laughs> at the mouth. Um, <laughs> we changed to a back three in that second half and Warren, obviously, we made the change. We've talked about the midfield already, but the other change that he made was to bring, obviously, Sonny Bradley into the back three. And again, we were being dominated all across the pitch. Um, Nelson and Cashin were fighting a losing battle the majority of the time, uh, even though they were, they were still defending well, but it was a tough time for them. And we brought on Sonny Bradley, went to the three. I mean, to ma- I don't even know what words I want to say, but to sort of match the way the game was going, that was the perfect substitution to make. We won every duel after that and looked a lot more solid at the back. I think that's one of the first times Bradley's come on and he's really made a difference. And I've really thought, yes, you've come on and you've changed the game here. We need to see more of that, don't we? Yeah, it was something that I said uh, to you guys. I said uh, to give one a little bit of credit, the changes worked. This um, The change in shape worked. Um, it was needed um, because it couldn't get any worse than that first half. Um, so I think that, uh, as I say, with Bradley coming on, it just seemed to give uh, an onus on um, really st- making a stability in that back line and also in that midfield. It meant that the... Midfield could actually go forwards um, and actually dominate man to man their their, their three um, because the the defence had a little bit more um, solidarity um, and as I say, Bradley was really really key in that and he had a really good good game um, which is really good to see because I think that the last few appearances that he's had bless him he's uh, he's struggled and that uh, and Adam will hopefully by the end of the season if he carries on have the name on the back of the shirt going into next season. How much would it cost for that, Adam? <laughs> a lot. Top goal scorer by the end of the season to change my mind. Um, no, he's got to do a lot to to win my vote of confidence. I have to say. Yeah, well, let, let's hope he can carry on like this and uh, and win, Adam. So yeah, vote mm. of confidence. And and Vic, one of the questions I've got for you, and I'm coming to you with this because you're the wisest man we have on here. Now, I'm not wise, and I'm not going to speak for the others, but I'm sure they'd probably agree that they're probably not the wisest either. But you, my friend, you're the wisest man. And at half time, the boos rang round Pride Park. And when Hurrahan went off, the jeers going round Pride Park as he, he made way for the substitutions. I mean, both of those things, what were your thoughts? I'm not a fan of either, to be honest. I think I know if, if we if the team are playing poor, I think we do need to back them. But at the same time, I think we do need to let the lads know that if they're not playing to the right standard. I mean, we, I think we all took Cheltenham for granted, let's be honest. I think we all thought they were going to be an easy team to roll over. But we played a completely different Cheltenham side to the one we played away earlier on in the season. I'm not a fan of the booing. I'm not a fan of the jeering when Horahan went off. But at the end of the day, it's what worked in the end, didn't it, really? He took all around off and we looked a miles better side. So what do I know? Maybe the fans are right or something. Um, but yeah, I'm not a fan of it. But again, like I said, sometimes from time to time, I think the players do need to know that if the performance ain't good enough, then the fans aren't going to be happy. I think the problem with us at the minute is because the fans are so divided on how we play, the style, everything else that goes with it, every boo seems to matter more than every cheer. And it's one of those things. But... Okay, it worked yesterday, so I guess um, uh, well done to everyone that booed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I kind of agree, to be honest. I understood it at the time because that first half was unacceptable. 
Um, and I get again, I, there's some fans that will come out and go, Oh, people want us to play like Man City. It's like, no, we just want basic effort and application. And in that first half, we didn't have that. Um, and it was it was glaringly obvious. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, Vic. I think it's not great to boo. I get why we did it uh, with Hurahan again. I think some people were cheering because they were like, Thank God, we're actually changing something. Um, I don't know how much of it was personal to Hurahan himself or more towards Warren's tactics, which I think, again, are, are what's uh, maybe let him down a little bit. Um, but yeah, um, Callum's put a comment in our little side chat. We've got saying if people listen to the preview, they'd have known it was a tough game. Vic, you clearly didn't listen hard enough, mate. If uh, if you thought that was going to be if you an saw, easy one. if you saw my prediction on the thing, I said a two-one <laughs> difficult win. I got it bang right. So. <laughs> so did I, and that's rare. So <laughs> yeah. we'll take that. We'll take that. Although I did say Michael Smith will score, so we'll uh, we'll ignore that one. Um, James Collins, same player. It's fine. It's fine. Right. I think it's time we, we need to have a, a quick look at the next game. So, Charlton away, very much looking forward to it. Uh, three out of the four of us are going. Callum, you massive plastic. Uh, but but we'll be there with the Rams talk flag in pocket, um, as always. Charlton, just sacked the manager. Brilliant. Thanks for that, Charlton. Uh, we could have done with you leaving that another week. Uh, but here we are. They'll have that new manager bounce. Uh, we've just taken their best player off them. Um, and he came to us and didn't have the best game. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. I mean, Adam, they've not been great this season, Charlton, but they do score a lot of goals. They play a weird back three, or at least they did under the previous manager, uh, Michael Appleton, I think it is. What are your score prediction and goal scorers? Um, I'll go with a 3-2 win. Don't know why, just fancy it. Uh, a 3-2 <laughs> win, that'd be nice. Um, go James Collins. Mendes Lang and uh, Corey Blackett-Taylor um, for the dream. A 3-2 win, hopefully. How will, will Corey Blackett-Taylor celebrate? That's the question. Not a kiss in the badge, mate. <laughs> He'll lift up the Rams' tort flag. That's actually what he'll do. He'll lift it up. <laughs> Jump into the stand. <laughs> uh, Callum, what, what about you, mate? What do you reckon? I reckon 2-2, two, two, um, and I'll go Collins and Mendes-Lang with our goals. Good stuff. Um, Vic? I'm going to go with uh, Adam's special 2-1 away win. I think Collins will keep his uh, great form going. And I'm going to go for... Let's go, let's go for another Max Bird goal. Let's do it again. Let's see if we can re rerun from yesterday. Question for you all. I just want a simple yes or no. Will Hurahan start? Yes. No. No. I think, I think he will. You know. I think he I've will. just got. I've just got a feeling he will. I've just got a feeling he will. He, he he shouldn't. I don't think. And I think I'm sure we're all on the same same wavelength there. I don't think he should for the team's sake. But I think he will. I think. Warren's dropped him before, hasn't he? Yeah. Are you sure yeah. we've been in this position and this the, season before? And the fact him. he's uh, he's subbed him off twice early mm. in the last two th slash three games, if you count uh, Lincoln. So we'll see. <laughs> we will see once again. Uh, and just looking at some of the comments, uh, Ben, who is very positive, has said Charlton two Derby nil. Uh, and Jim Johnson says we're going to win 1-0 with Collins. And I'm going to agree with you, Jim. I think it'll be another narrow win. I think we'll be garbage in the first half. And then in the second half, we'll make some changes, um, maybe take someone off and, and start turning it around a little bit as well. So, yeah, I, I think we'll win 1-0. Who's going to score? Blackett-Taylor, why not? With the Rams-Tort flag in hand, he'll be uh, yeah very happy to score. 
But right, thank you very much for for joining us this evening or, or whenever you're listening. Uh, if you did enjoy, please do leave a like, please subscribe, follow us, Rams Talk Pod, Rams Talk Podcast everywhere. You know where to go by now. Uh, we'll be posting some conversation starts on Twitter as well. So make sure you get there to let your feelings be known. Um, if you, yeah, as I said, if you did enjoy, please do leave a like and just just yeah, keep supporting Derby, keep supporting us. That's great. We like that as well. So please keep supporting us as well. Uh, We really, really appreciate all the support. And if we could get to a thousand followers by the end of the season, we'll give away a free shirt. Why not? Why not? Um, and and Callum will pay for it. So right, thank you so much for listening. Um, If if you did it, (laughs) I've lost lost my head now. Goodbye from me. (laughs) Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Thank you very much, everyone. Up the Rams. See you after Charlton. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.